Hello there. Welcome to the pilot episode of The Good Parts and Some. Alright, so this is the I don't know how many times I'm recording this and if I don't get through the beginning, I guess this will not be happening. But um, hopefully, this one will be a good one. So before I delve into things proper, I would like to share with you a little bit about what uh, I envision this podcast to be about. So basically, I hope to marry two big things in my life right now. The first thing is um, my thoughts and my reflections on life. And the second thing is music. I feel like I've gone through a very transformational past year or so and so I've been toying with the idea of possibly starting something that can allow me to process my thoughts, my emotions and um, store them somewhere such that um, I can go back to it and refer to it anytime I feel like I need to in the future. So the reason why I decided on a podcast is, well, first of all, I feel like it'll be very good practice for me to vocalize my thoughts. And secondly, I feel like through podcasting, it will be a very good platform for me to bring in the music aspect as well. Because I feel like a, a lot of my emotions and things that I go through are linked with certain music. So I want to put them together so that I can be reminded that, you know, at this point in time, you felt a certain way and this music helped you or maybe to other people okay if you feel this as well maybe this music will help you etc so to be very honest i don't actually have very big ambitions for this podcast Uh, mainly i just want it to be a good place for me to unpack certain topics that i've thought about and just to store information and in the process if somebody comes along listens to the podcast and you know feel something or someone can answer my question etc we can have a discussion i think that would all be like a bonus to me so um yeah Okay, so before we delve into the topic proper, maybe I should introduce a little bit about myself for those who don't know me at all. So you can call me Vonster. I'm 28 this year and uh, I'm Singaporean. Okay, so pretty much growing up, I think I led a very typical Singaporean life. Uh, I went through the entire education system, okay, graduated from university and uh, Typically, okay, uh, a Singaporean would probably go get a job, start a family, and then that's about what life would be, you know, for a Singaporean. But for me, after I graduated from university, uh, I took a turn. And uh, long story short, right now, I'm a freelancer. I do a lot of things. First of all, I am a tutor, okay? I teach children and I love my job. Uh, other than that, I'm also an admin staff, um, so I work remotely for a sound company. Um, and I'm also a singer come beatboxer for an a cappella group called The Apex Project. Um, at the site, I also do a little bit of trading and stuff. I love to read, I love music, uh, I write my own music as well. So yeah, these are the many, many things that I do. So if I have to summarize my personality to you guys, uh, based on the Mayor Briggs test, I am an INTJ and I have been a stable INTJ for more than 10 years. So I think that's a pretty good profile to profile me under. 
Okay, so for those who don't know, INTJs are known to be very introverted. They live in their minds most of the time and uh, I have to say that's kind of true because sometimes if you see me uh, outside, okay, and I look like I'm alone and staring at space, um, what you don't know is I'm actually having a conference with my other of my personalities in my head. So don't be surprised. Uh, I'm not, but I'm, I don't have a split personality disorder. At least I don't think so. But um, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. I love the think i love to um, i'm always curious about a lot of things uh, but i may not have the answer to all of them so maybe through this platform also i can post some of the questions that i have and maybe if you have an answer you can let me know all right so without further ado let's delve into today's topic and today i would like to talk a little bit about finding light in darkness so as we all know the covid situation has been happening for a while now and as I'm recording this, okay, it's actually day two since uh, the government announced that um, they are closing all entertainment centres and uh, uh, tuition centres, etc. And everybody's to stay at home. <sighs> so this really affected me uh, yesterday when I heard the news because people in my social circle, are, a lot of them are musicians. And because of this news, a lot of them instantly uh, lost their job. So they effectively have no work all the way until the end of April, which can be horrible for people who don't really have a plan B, right? So I just want to share a little bit about how um, I reacted immediately during then versus um, how I'm feeling right now after processing all this information. Okay, so let's rewind time to February. Okay, during then, that was when this COVID thing started. At the beginning, I think uh, I was quite lighthearted about the whole situation because I felt like it was probably going to be a passing phase and it will not last. So, um, yeah, even though uh, some jobs were already affected during that period in time, uh, I didn't think too much about it, okay? And I just, you know, life just uh, went on as per usual, okay? We just hope for the best and hope that the situation passed. But yesterday, when I heard the information, um, I can't really explain why, but um, I really felt very anxious at the point in time. Um, I think probably because I did some quick calculations in my head. Oh, um, I forgot to say that I also do gigs at bars. Um, so because of this ban, okay, effectively, I'll be losing thousands of dollars in income for the next month. And this was on top of the fact that um, my boss for my admin job just told me recently that uh, I need to have my pay cut by 50% for the next couple of months because they're trying to tie to the situation as well. And I fully understand because, you know, events companies right are really dry right now. So, um, yeah, I can understand from that perspective. But I still can't help to feel extremely anxious at that point in time. And I remember telling my group mates uh, whom I met, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be damn poor. I'm going to die. This is not happening. This is insane. I don't know how I'm going to survive this, etc, etc. It was just crazy. I was just extremely dramatic about the whole situation. Right, so that was what happened that night. So I went home and I couldn't think about the situation anymore. I just went straight to sleep, okay? And then in the morning when I woke up, Obviously, I felt calmer, okay, and uh, I had some time to myself. That was when I really began to think about the situation in a more rational manner. And I'm happy that I managed to reframe this entire situation in my head and now have a very, very different set of takeaways from this whole thing. And this is something that I think I want to record down and remember. 
So first of all, I tried to remove all the emotions from the situation that I have, okay, and just think from a very macro or um, non-emotional perspective. Okay, the question I asked myself was this. Given this entire situation, given the numbers, okay, will you actually starve to death like cereal? Okay? And the answer was no. I mean, yeah, I'll be losing a lot of income, that's true. But rationally speaking, with whatever I still have, okay, um, it's not a problem for me to continue living, okay? So immediately, that rendered yesterday's drama lame. It was lame, yeah, it was uncalled for. And it was also in that moment, honestly, that I realised um, how lucky I had been the past couple of years to be living in surplus. And that was something that I completely took for granted. In fact, there were even times when I felt like it was not enough, etc. But in this situation, it made me realise very clearly that I had been lucky. And I don't need more, actually. And the second thing that I thought about was with regards to observing the community around me. And I feel like uh, I'm very, very lucky to be surrounded by a community of people who have shown so much grace in this situation like i've seen so many people who are equally as affected by this covid situation but they still do what they can to help others in need like for example we see this very small coffee place called sanity coffee uh, together with a uh, a restaurant called Restaurant Labyrinth. Okay, they are a fine dining restaurant. So they came together to provide food and coffee to the healthcare workers. Okay, and they also came together to rally more people to join in. Okay, to um, get more resources to be able to reach out to other people. Did you think that their businesses were not affected by the virus? Obviously, they were also affected by the virus. It's not like they were selling hand sanitizers or like masks or anything, right? And it's not that like they are like the US government or something printing money, right? They're not, but they still do what they can. And, you know, this just goes to show it's really not so much about how much money you can give at this point in time, but more about whether you even have the heart to give. It's like, if you have the heart to give, okay, it doesn't have to be about the money because there's so many things you can do. For example, you can offer your time, you can offer non-tangible resources like your skills, like your network or whatever, okay? It doesn't have to be money. And so this actually brings me to my next point that is talking about the value of money at this point in time. So I understand that um, a lot of us, including myself actually, uh, we don't know how long this is going to last, so we try to ration our resources, uh, including money. We try to spend uh, wisely, not spend on unnecessary stuff, okay, so that, you know, we can be safe and secure over the next few months. But as a result, okay, a lot of uh, service providers, okay, in the past, because of our saving, okay, they suffer as a result, okay, they lose businesses and they suffer as a result of that. So personally, I've been thinking about this dilemma for quite a while now because like for example, a lot of my friends are in the music industry and for them, one of the first few merchandises that you can have to raise funds would be to sell CDs of your songs, right? But in today's day and age, okay, we don't really use CDs anymore. Like I don't even have a CD player at home, 
and I don't own a car, so I can't play the CD when I buy it. So in that case, okay, sometimes I wonder, um, should I tell the person like maybe, oh, I will support you when you have a concert instead, or like, uh, you know, just you know, use the money for other purposes. I mean, technically speaking, it's not unreasonable. Okay, moreover, um, concert tickets are usually more expensive. So technically speaking, okay, you could be helping her a great deal just in the future. Right? So I think about this money thing a lot um, But by now, okay, I actually have a set of values That I try to live by When it comes to money related matters And it's very simple It's actually just two golden rules First of all, when I spend money I try not to think about How the money serves me Instead, okay What I try to focus on Is how I can multiply the value of This money that I'm spending So when it comes to money Okay, we must first understand that there are different levels of values. So for example, the most basic value would be its intrinsic value. So a $10 note would be $10 and a $50 note would be $50, etc. But in reality, the value of the money can actually fluctuate because other than its intrinsic value, okay, depending on how you spend your money, okay, there are also other things okay, that you can buy with this money. So for example, you spend $20 buying food. And that food is not just normal food, it's your favourite food. So in that case, right, that $20 not only buys you food that can fill your stomach, but it also buys you happiness. So its value has inflated. So another example could be that your friend is selling stuff and you kind of want to support her business. But on the other hand, you also sometimes think to yourself like, would she need that couple of dollars from me? Like, she's always eating, like, high tea love for $60. Why don't she just pump in her own money? Like, why, the, why do I need to buy it from her? Is it necessary? Right? So, in this case, okay, for me, I would do it. Why would I do it? Because when I spend that amount of money, it's not just worth that amount of money, but it also includes my blessings to her and her happiness. So in this case, the money I spend will not only get me my friend's product, it will also get me my happiness from having known that I've supported her, my sense of encouragement towards her, as well as her happiness knowing that her friend is supporting her venture. So to me, this will make my purchase very, very worth it. So the second rule is to understand time sensitivity and how it affects the value of money. So an example would be to go back to the first one when I said that... Um, uh, my friend is selling CD and then I'm thinking of buying her concert tickets in the future instead because I don't need the CD. But in this case, right, what if what she needs is really that $25 to keep her going to the next step? If you don't give her the $25, okay, she will not have the capacity to move on to the next step and we don't even need to think about a concert or whatever. At this point, if she doesn't get through the hurdle, she's doomed already. You give $1,000 next time, also no use. Already tow already, right or not? So in this case, it's very clear that the current intrinsic value that you're giving might be little, okay, but it means way more than any amount that you can potentially give in the future. And I would spend discount money as well. So with this in mind, I've actually come up with a three-step approach to assess my own situation from time to time and then to determine what would be the best course of action moving forward by my own standards. This is not by anyone's standards, it's just by my own standards. First of all, put your emotions aside before tackling the problem head on. So whenever you meet with a problem, okay, calm down first. Then, 
you look at the situation, zoom in on the problem, and then identify the potential consequence and see how it affects you directly before you assess whether it's a serious case or not. So for example, in this case, if it affects you financially, okay, then zoom in on the finance part, look at the numbers and ask yourself, okay, how does it really affect me and in what ways? So don't just focus on the losses, okay? focus on mitigating the situation first if it's an emergency before thinking about possible plans to make things better. Second thing, always challenge yourself to do more than what you think you can do. But of course, like, if you already assessed the first situation and you found out that you are dead broke and you really cannot give money already, then don't be stupid and still go and give money. Save yourself first and then find other ways you can contribute. There will always be multiple ways, we just have to find it. Lastly, don't just give for the sake of giving. Okay, When you give, you have to be very mindful because your aim is to watch whatever comes out from you multiply. So if you are giving money, if you are giving your effort or whatever, make sure you know what the hell you are doing so that you can watch it multiply and go places. Because that is important. If not, there is no point doing anything at all. And if you can do that, I don't think you have to ever worry that you won't have enough for yourself. Because when you give mindfully, you know that you give with a purpose. And as such, you can have faith that one day, okay, all these things that have given out will go places. And then when you need it or when you don't, one fine day, it will all come back to you in multifolds. You just have to have faith that it will happen. Because life is a circle after all. Whatever you give out will come back to you. Alright, so with that, I would like to conclude the pilot episode of The Good Parts and Sub. So for those who are still here, thank you so much for listening all the way till the end. If you have any comments, okay, feel free to let me know. Or if you want to discuss certain issues, or um, if you are stuck in this situation and you need help, you can reach out to me at Vonster Official. That is my Instagram, V-O-N-S-T-E-R Official. Okay, if not, then um, I hope you enjoy this. So the song that I've chosen to dedicate to this episode is actually a classic number. It's Cheng Li de Yue Guang by Xu Meijing. So the reason why I chose this song is because I remember that night when I was going home, okay, I was being very dramatic, right? So I had this Shakespeare moment, okay? Like I looked at the moon. I really told myself like, I need some light in my life. Like, can the moon just guide me or something? It's very dramatic, very cringy, I know, but that was exactly what I was thinking. And at that moment, the song started playing in my head. Okay, I was humming along with it. And somehow I felt some kind of warmth when I reached the chorus. So yeah, so I just want to remember that at that point in time, that song gave me a lot of strength. So this is a short rendition of Cheng Yu Yue Guang by me and I hope that it will bring you strength too. Thank you so much for listening to me. 
I hope you have a good week ahead and enjoy the rest of the song. Goodbye! Time.